Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 2 Episode 10, it's called The Duffin. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. So, this is an episode where Wesley falls in love with someone. Yep. This is a romance, yep. teen romance. Exactly as shite as it sounds. I'm not going to lie, I had a bit more fun with it than I was expecting to. Really? I thought it was tedious. There was a couple a couple of key moments and scenes that did a little bit for me. Oh, you're going to have to defend this. Well, I mean, we'll get into it, but I, I just a couple of moments. It's not a good episode. Like, it, for the most part, it is kind of dull. And, you know, Wesley Romance pish is, is what it sounds like. But yeah. uh, there's one or two moments of interest. So the Enterprise picks up this princess uh, called Celia. Uh, who is the daughter of two sides of a civil war that has been taking place on this planet for like a century or centuries. And it's a planet that doesn't spin, so one side is always night and one side is always always light. Uh, <laughs> they don't really go into sure. this too much. It's data Alec mentions a bunch of this really quickly. Um, was it that it doesn't spin? I, I definitely caught it. You know, one side's always day, one's always night. But I wasn't sure if that was just to do with the speed of the rotation and and the way and, and its orbit kind of lining up. How could it how could it still spin and not have a day and night cycle? Multiple suns. Okay, how could there be a nighttime side? Both the suns are in a similar direction. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's on elliptical. I'm making shit up on the fly here. I don't remember it's the explanation. From memory, I would just guess that it doesn't spin. Which, admittedly, I'm not sure how. Like... That seems more implausible than. Yeah, it's, it's a fairly implausible. But it's Star Trek. It's whatever. <laughs> the planet doesn't <laughs> spin. So I'll accept true. it. Um, but yeah, so so the, the so one side is cold and dark, and their society is built around that. The other side is warm and sweaty. So they've built their society around that. And this 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 girl is the part of both sides, so she might be able to bring peace. She's basically been tasked with bringing peace between both sides. We never really go into it all that much. We hear them talk about it on the ship, but we never see the planet. We never see anyone on the planet. We never see evidence that it's going to work or anything. It's purely about just her on the ship. And the yep. fact that young Wesley happens to uh, notice her, and she catches him as well, and they're kind of into each other. And we we get a, a, a romance that forms out of this. But like I say, there is some little points of, of interest. You know, Wesley's like being really shit at his job. He's maybe helping Jordy down the engineering deck and he's like, just, you know, hitting the wrong buttons. He's like iron, you know, he's, he's got like a soldering iron out and he's like beaming the wrong things. And Jordy's like, okay, you're, you're in love. All right, fine. You know what? You're no use to me right now. Go, go and speak to her. And he's like, oh, how do I speak to her? And it does this cut to Worf just yelling, like, and I, and I knew that that's what this was going to be. This was going to be his dating advice. <laughs> like, I knew that's what it was going to be. And sure enough, it was. So yeah. that's one point. I guess a point for that cut to Worf screaming. Okay. With these, with these mating rituals. Um, and then the second point it gets for is the scene in which Riker demonstrates how to chat up a lady with Gwynnon, <laughs> uh, or Gainan, sorry, uh, to, to Wesley. And he just sits there, he's like, oh, your eyes are like magical beacons to the soul, and 
Uh, and she's like, oh, maybe you're putting me in too much of a pedestal. You won't be able to reach me. She's like, then I'll learn to fly because you will you will be the wind beneath my wings. Like, I, I can't remember the exact lines, but it was just nothing Bunch but cheesy, shy. cheesy nonsense. For, and a good, it's a good like 30, 40 seconds. And Wesley is, gets yeah. less and less interested as it goes. And the ending just puts the cherry on top where Wesley kind of goes, guys, I don't really think this is my style. And then Gaining just goes, shut up, boy. <laughs> just... Just and just start staring at Raker again. Like, go on, Raker, go on. I'll 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 be the the test dummy uh, for this. So what you're telling me is, the two points you liked in this episode are, the one where Worf screams at Wesley. Yes. And the one where where Wesley gets told to shut up. Yes. Well, I also enjoyed when the old lady Anya, the one that's with uh uh Celia, uh she turns into her monster for the first time, like in front of like Worf in the med bay. That made me laugh out loud in a sort of fun, goofy B-movie kind of way. Sure. Um, also, at one point, she transforms into Shelly from Twin Peaks for a scene, and that was really weird and distracting. Well, I'm like, what's going was on? Weird, wasn't it? <laughs> why is Shelly from Twin Peaks here? <laughs> why, why? I mean, what, I, I think... What show is it? <laughs> the point of the scene is that she's been a little teenage girl so that so that uh, Celia will feel more comfortable. But of course, Celia is also a shapeshifter, as we learned throughout the episode. Her true form is nothing like else we've seen. Um, yeah. E- even the, the weird, like, because uh, the first time we see the monster version of Anya, it's like uh, like waist high. So it, it was very Ewokish. I was getting some Ewok vibes from this this thing. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to argue that too hard, I suppose. Yeah, and then the next time we see it, though, when when it when Worf kind of tries to restrain her, it's like eight foot tall, and Worf's like, oh. It's Ewoks versus Wookiees, is what you're saying. Yes, yeah. So it starts off as an Ewok and turns into a Wookiee, yes. Yeah. That's the gist of what I'm saying. Uh, and, you know, like, Worf kind of respects her, and she's like, oh, maybe one day we'll fight alongside each other. He's like, it'll be an honor. This is at the end of the episode when they're saying goodbyes. And it's like, okay. Oh, we're at the end of the episode already? <laughs> no, I'm just skipping ahead, <laughs> you prick. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. Like, like uh, there was some fun little moments, and I laughed in a really awkward way at the very end of the episode as well. Because when Wesley comes to say goodbye to Celia, he hands her a chocolate mousse because their their first date, as it were, when she first gets to come and see him, they go to the uh, the you know the cafeteria and they get a. She's like, she wants something sweet, so he asks for chocolate mousse, and she's like, oh, this is delightful or whatever. At the end of the episode, he hands her. This 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 bowl of chocolate mousse and says a taste to remember me by. That line made me cringe. A taste yeah, to remember terrible. me by. I that, that's terrible. Um, at, to be honest though, like ninety percent of the the dialogue that comes out of his mouth in this episode is particularly bad, even by <laughs> his usual standards. He takes her to the hollow deck and shows her different like planets oh. and shit and. It's very romantic, and he's saying, "How hey, you? This could be in your future too." And she's feeling miserable because she's basically been destined to always go to this planet and be this mediator and have these all these responsibilities, and she doesn't want any of them. And she keeps getting upset, even when he takes her for for drinks. Uh, Gaining has to like convince him to run after her because she gets really upset at one point because because he keeps saying, "Oh, you could just stay in the Enterprise if you want, where I am." <laughs> yeah, you can it's ignore all like, those no all those policies and all those things. You're all those. All those responsibilities you're you're meant to go and have, like yeah. you could just ignore all that. Um, he doesn't really do anything interesting. It's an irresponsible little shit. Well, that's the weird thing. I think there is something to be said here about her being raised from birth to to do this thing where no, she shouldn't have to do something that someone else decides she's going to be when she's a baby. Like I I fundamentally disagree with that. But the episode does nothing to actually explore that idea. It just 
here's the thing. I agree with with that, but the way it comes across from this character is that to me it feels like she doesn't want to do this, but it's like uh, she, you know, it's a, like a sense of honor, duty, whatever you want to call it, that, that she feels like she does have to do it. You know, in, in the same way we see in Star Trek. Quite I, and if they explored that dilemma with her, it might be interesting. No, it could be. I'm, I'm just saying that's <laughs> that's the impression I got, which is why you know why I made that comment. It's before. very dark because to me, it, it it really leaned heavily on she doesn't want to do it, but Anya's always like, "No, you have to do this." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tough, tough kid. You're gonna have to do it. Yeah. That's the impression I got, but I—I I mean, it's, it's whatever. Um, the episode yeah. doesn't really do enough to, to to give us much to argue with, does it? Yeah, they also imply that like they can shape shift to like really small sizes as well, because at one point she sneaks through the door, bigger under it. We don't see it; we just hear that it happened. But yeah, uh, so they use a force field to like keep her keep her in from that point on. But yeah, that's really weird because we, when we see her final form, because Wesley wants to see, and she's like, "Oh, you wouldn't be able to handle it," and he's like, "No, please." I want to see who you really are. Because he's actually really pissy. When he finds out she's a shapeshifter, he gets really pissy. Like, because he comes in with the moose in the transporter room. But this is, like, right after a scene where he, he kind of, like, fights with her. He's like, oh, was it fun playing humanoid? Oh, you're not even what you really say you are. You're, you're not a teenage girl. You're not w- what you said. And he felt like a little shit here. I'm not going to lie. It was like, wait, she's an alien and you're upset that she... I mean, you've just spent all afternoon talking with her and you quite like her. But but yeah, she, she's a shapeshifter because she's an alien. Yeah, she's an alien. You, you're basically you're basically angry at her because she has a, a another form that you are un, unsatisfied with. <laughs> like it, it felt really shitty from Wesley in this scene. It did. It did a bit. Yeah. It's like finding out someone's secret and just judging them for it in a, in a weird way. It's like technically she never lied to you about anything, Wesley. She didn't say she wasn't a shapeshifter. Which in the context of trek <laughs> like obviously in our world if someone turned out to be a shapeshifter it's like yeah you need to bring that up i was never going to ask <laughs> but yeah but but i assume shapeshifting aliens are not maybe while not common are not clearly that uncommon we've seen them before yeah uh so he's a, he's a real little shit he's he refuses to like be nice but then he changes his mind comes in with a moose and he sees her final form which is kind of like a sparkly condom is how i'd describe it uh <laughs> It's a good a description as any. <laughs> it's a sparkly condom. Oh yeah. dear. Yeah, I, I mean that's basically the episode. There's not really much else going on. There, there is one moment uh, which I thought could be interesting, where Picard asks Wesley to stay away from her because he says, Look, "I don't usually ask, you know, my crew members to like, you know, anything to do with their, their, their private lives or relationships." But in this instance, because of the the problem with with Anya and her being really protective, like I'm going to ask you to stay away from her. And, you know, I thought it was interesting because he's not ordering him. He's not giving him an order as a captain. He's asking him to do yes. it. So there's no obligation. Yeah. So I, I like that element to it. And I, I thought they could maybe have done something more with that. Because obviously Anya's like, she has a whole part in the middle of the episode where she goes around the ship and she like uh, questions Jordy about how he's like doing stuff to the, the engines and the, the, the warp drive and like, yeah. should, should this need maintenance? Are we safe? Is this, this going to kill us and blow up? Or And then later on she, she sees I this. I would say this one, yes. It's going to blow up. Better run. <laughs> And then she goes to the med bay, and uh, Pulaski's like working on someone who's got something which is treatable and is like you know it's the sort of thing where there's maybe like a one percent chance it won't take any you know but like you know commonly this is fine and not a big deal. Yeah. And she Anya freaks out and is like, oh no, this is a contagion. This is a threat to 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 Celia. I must kill this man right now. <laughs> and this is when she ends up morphing because Worf comes in to like hold her back and yeah, uh, she's having none of it. 
yeah so that was a whole thing uh she she was kind of annoying is <laughs> my best like yeah I, I think i like the idea of this old woman fighter who ends up bonding with Worf. i like the idea of that like the final moment with them i kind of like but i don't think i think the actual execution of the character up until that point was kind of just irritating because she never does anything except be angry at things yeah uh, she's, is... a, you know she, she's angry at Saleya for for wanting to to do whatever she says you know she's angry at Jordy for oh, well is this dangerous you know everything she's so overprotective that she's angry about everything and it's yeah, just she's irritating very, she's very one note there's not really much to her uh beyond that and at the end she's like oh i'm not coming with you like i'm going off to like another moon to like basically be retired because you know my duty is fulfilled by keeping you safe until you're this age and you're here at the planet um again maybe that's something we could have explored a little bit more like this idea that she had this duty but this is the end of her journey this is like where she gets this clock out and just you know do whatever she wants to do now with her, with her is, she, is she still gonna years? be crazy overprotective even though it's not her responsibility anymore yeah maybe i mean maybe this idea that she has cause she's kind of her mother in a weird way like you know she's her guardian yeah. so like yeah the, i mean there's so many things that you could take this plot and explore a couple of the ideas and make more of an actual real episode out of it instead it's really just like how does wesley talk to a girl and then accept that he can because it ends in this really sort of bitter scene where he's with with gaining and she has to like give him some advice because he's really like you know mopey and upset and he's like oh, i'll never feel this way again and blah 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 it's just like nah you'll feel love again but it'll be different every time and it will happen and he's like oh it doesn't really make me feel better it's like well it's not supposed to and then it just it's really somber and it goes cuts to the enterprise and then you go to credits we go, honestly it's my favorite thing about this <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Gainan being, having the hots for Riker, uh, highlight of the episode. Well, it was amusing enough, yeah. Um, yeah. And a, a taste to remember me by will be echoed into my nightmares for years to come. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's whatever. And a random Shelley from Twin Peaks, because why not? But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, not? It's, a, it's a forgettable episode. I'm not going to remember any of this in a couple of oh, weeks. It just came across as really tedious. and I mean, it didn't help that I was a bit ill when I was watching this. Mm -hmm. so this definitely did not perk me up at all so yeah that, that wasn't particularly enjoyable um yeah i mean it sucks coming after the last couple which mm -hmm. you know we, we've been on a good run and then that's the thing though because we're starting to have some actual great episodes some actual classics i don't feel as bad with these ones anymore because it's not this this gauntlet of like mediocre well here's the John, see, I, this one feels worse for me because I'd I'd gotten used to the mediocre, the the monotony, just like ah, oh, it's fine, you know. And then I got actual good episodes. I'm like, oh, that's what the show can be. It can be good. There's always going to be bad episodes, even the no, good. No, I know, seasons. I know, but but we hadn't had any of the like like those last two episodes were clearly the best two episodes of the show so far. Like they were head and shoulders above everything. Mm -hmm. And then coming on to this, which was. If not, it's not the worst episode, but thoroughly mediocre and tedious. It feels worse coming off those two for the first time in this show. I chuckled a few times. It wasn't. It wasn't as painful as I was expecting it to be, and that is my <laughs> semi-positive middling review. <laughs> <laughs> How very committal of you! <laughs> you know, it's a solid like five out of ten. <laughs> yeah. 
something like Maybe that. That's a little generous. But yeah, yeah, that's generous. Okay. Uh, well, next episode we're jumping back up in the ratings uh, on IMDb's average, so that's good. That's a good sign. Uh, it's called Contagion, and we have the description as follows: Encountering the superior technology of a very, very ancient race creates a system malfunction for a doomed Federation starship. For, uh... Wait, what? Don. I really didn't read this properly. Encountering a superior technology of a very ancient race creates a system malfunctions uh, for a Doom Federation starship for the Enterprise. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me either. So I'm, I'm not just mad here. I'm not just misreading that. There's something wrong here. Okay. No, no, that that didn't sound... Assuming you didn't just misread out okay, loud it, it, what it, it actually it, said. It sounds like... It sounds like... There's, there was a Doom Federation starship. The Enterprise is now in danger of having the same problem. But so is... This is the final part that I've not read yet. Oh, and, oh okay. No, I, I see it. Yeah. And so is a, an eavesdropping Romulan warbird. So so we've got a warbird, Romulan warbird, got the Enterprise, and... No. Could be good. See, I think it does work. You just didn't leave the right emphasis after the comma. You know, you know create system malfunctions for a doomed Federation starship for the Enterprise... And for an eaves, so it's three ships. Okay, all right, okay. Yeah. I think. Yeah, okay, no, that makes a bit more sense. Um, honestly, I think this is kind of liberal use of the commas. I would, I would not use as many commas as this. But do you know, no, I think the uh, do you know what I think the real problem with that sentence is mm-hmm. it's the word for for the enterprise. If you get rid of the for, mm. so you know, uh, malfunctions for a Doom Federation starship, the Enterprise. And for an eavesdropping Romulan warbird. You're right, the extra fours. Yeah, you're right. It's it would, redundant, and that's what throws the flow off. It would be a list otherwise, yeah. For the Federation Starship, the Enterprise, and an eavesdropping Romulan warbird. Yeah, that'd be way better grammar. Yeah. Whoever wrote yeah. this on IMDb, you're... you're We've fixed it for you. You're, you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> you're fired from voluntarily submitting things to IMDb. Oh, dear. I love the idea as an English professor listening to this, like disagreeing with us and going, no, here's why their version's better. My you two are just grown up with the wrong lessons. It's very possible. <laughs> That's very possible. But language is an evolving beast. So the fact that the one that we use now sounds more natural means it's actually the correct way. Sure, 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 sure. Sure. And that's why, as far as I'm concerned, the words Satan and Connor are interchangeable. But anyway, uh, that is, uh, that's what's coming up next time on Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, which we will talk about next week. In fact, yeah, apologies, this is a bit later in the week, uh, this episode. Uh, at least on Patreon, it is obviously next week when it goes public, it might actually be a shorter gap, it'll be the last one that was a bit late. Uh, Connor was sick this week, and we went a few days without recording anything, so uh, apologies, but uh, we should be back on track now, so thank you very much for, for watching or listening. Uh, you can, of course, let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. You can like, subscribe. You can support everything we do by rating the audio podcast on your podcast app. Uh, you can do that on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, and uh, that lets more people find us. Of course, you can support us financially by going over to patreon.com slash TV and supporting us for as little as $1 per month, uh, which very soon, uh, early in November, we'll start uh, giving you a bonus already cancelled exclusive. Uh, it'll be audio only, but it'll be exclusive already cancelled only for patrons um, and amongst amongst other stuff. Um, and we should warn you that the early access is moving to the $5 tier, but uh, the $1 tier is getting a few other things instead. Uh, like the bonus show. Uh, like the bonus show and uh, bonus like deleted scenes, as it were, uh, called bonus bits. 
uh, from things. And it's not that we're cutting out relevant things. This is when we go off topic and talk about nonsense for 10 minutes. When we tangent a little <laughs> bit too much, even by our standards. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just become a bonus bit for patrons. Uh, but yes, so so go and go to Patreon, have a look, see if you fancy any of those things um, and want to support everything we do uh, and keep my cats fed. So, uh, But that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Check out other stuff we have, like the classic Twilight Zone reviews, the horror movie podcast, the sci-fi movie podcast, which are called The Ace and the uh, the, the, the Screams After Midnight, uh, respectively. <laughs> I really struggled there for some reason. Um, but go check out all those things. Uh, that has been us. So thank you once again. Keep watching Star Trek, guys. And to everyone but Connor, live long and prosper. <laughs>